Well, Saturday, the Liberals held their convention. It was a virtual convention, as most things are, because, well, the pandemic. And grassroots Liberals overwhelmingly endorsed a resolution calling on the federal government to develop and implement a universal basic income. One of uh, the basic incomes uh, champions within the Liberal caucus is Nathaniel Erskine-Smith. He's a Liberal MP, and he joins us on the show. Nathaniel, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. So the Prime Minister, he was lukewarm on the idea. Is that correct? He said prior to the convention, I think he and Minister Freeland said they didn't see a way forward with basic income right now. Does that have anything to do with the fact that its origins lie in really the conservative within the conservative party? I don't think so, because there's certainly support across the spectrum. We see the Green Party support the idea. We see Leah Gazan from the NDP, who's introduced a motion in Parliament. We see Julie Zerowitz, a liberal colleague of mine, introduce a bill to this end. So there's actually... I would say cross-party support in, in a really interesting way. And how has the pandemic actually led to more support for this? Because I understand that the vote passed by 491 to 85 on Saturday. Right. So not only did the vote pass overwhelmingly, but there were a, a number of resolutions in the top 26 that dealt with guaranteed income in different ways. And we saw what ended up number five come out of our Liberal caucus, prioritized number one, Number two overall was the universal basic income proposal that came from our young liberals. And the proposals referenced the CERB. And we obviously learned in the course of this pandemic many lessons, I think, and we continue to learn lessons. But one significant lesson has been that our social safety net was not fit for purpose when we needed it most. Millions of Canadians would have been left behind had we not rapidly developed the CERB and deployed the CERB. And so when we take a step back and think, what society do we want going forward? I, I hope we realize that we want a social safety net that's been strengthened that leaves nobody behind. So the idea of universal uh, basic income, it will now become an official party policy. Uh, what happens now and how long till that could be implemented? So simply because it is passed at a party convention is by no means a guarantee that it makes its way into a platform or in any way becomes government policy. But my experience has been, and I'll use an example from the 2018 convention related to drug decriminalization. While the prime minister was, I would say, lukewarm at best as it relates to that proposal at that time. And certainly the government hasn't moved forward with, with full decriminalization by any measure. But we have seen, because of the call, I would say, because of the liberal membership call and, and because of the call from experts across the country, we and because of the opioid crisis, of course, we have mm. seen the government listen to those liberal members and over the last three years, really rapidly move forward with sensible drug policy reform in a more serious way. And I would expect the same kind of thing to happen here, that I don't expect us tomorrow to wake up and see a basic income. I don't expect April 19th, the budget date, that we're going to see a basic income in the budget. But I hope that the government listens to Canadians, but also to Liberal members, and says we need to improve our social safety net. We need to improve existing income supports. GIS for seniors, which is a lifeline for seniors. The Canada Child Benefit, which is a lifeline for families with kids. The Canada Workers Benefit, which is way too small given the poverty rate we see among working-age Canadians, the missing middle. So I hope the government listens and really significantly improves those income supports that we have, basic income supports that we already have. You know, you mentioned uh, off the top that it had a lot of support from other parties like the NDP and the Greens. Where do you think the Conservatives will be with this, even though I brought up the fact that originally lied the, the origins of that basic income were with the Conservative Party? Would Now that it, it becomes official party policy with the Liberals, do you think the, the Conservatives will then say, yeah, you know what, hey, we're all in favor, or will they push back? 
I'm not sure where the conservatives will be on the overall question of basic income. Obviously, conservative Senator Hugh Siegel has been a lifelong champion. Interestingly, we saw former conservative prime minister Brian Mulroney write an op-ed in June of last year calling for Hugh Siegel's ideas around a basic income to be taken seriously. So there obviously is support among past conservatives. Whether there is the same support among current conservatives, I, I certainly haven't seen in any public-facing way, at least. But there are income supports that exist within our system that we can strengthen that I know conservatives support. So, for example, the Canada Workers Benefit that I mentioned, and just so people are aware, we spend over $55 billion a year on seniors' benefits, GISOAS. We spend over $25 billion a year on the Canada Child Benefit. We only spend $2 billion a year on the, on the Canada Workers Benefit, which originally came from Flaherty and, and came from the Harper government. So mm. it's a policy that Harper had introduced uh, that originally emanated from Ralph Goodale when he was finance minister. It didn't get passed. Then Harper and Flaherty made it happen. And interestingly, then Charlie Angus, when he was running in the NDP leadership, was calling for that to be increased. So there are income supports, basic income supports within our existing system that I think there is cross-party support to strengthen. Okay, one of the things I hate when I listen to the radio is when people talk about things like they expect that the average person will know. You know, if you sit in your car and you're like, I don't really know that. So just maybe clarify um, the ins and outs of of the workers' benefit that you're talking about here. Right. So the Canada Workers' Benefit is, as I say, significantly underfunded to make a difference. We increased it by about $700 million in the last parliament, but still, I would say, fairly modest given what we want it to do. But it's similar to the earned income tax credit in the United States. And the idea is, for working Canadians, but who don't earn enough really to get by. So if you earn a minimum of $3,000, you are then eligible for the benefit. And it effectively is a, a basic income of a couple of thousand, a couple thousand dollars. And it, it gets phased out the more you earn. And by the time you earn about $20,000, it gets phased out entirely. So the idea is it's a top up for really low income working Canadians to try to help lift them out of poverty. We obviously need to increase it because it's not, it's not making the difference we want it to make. Okay, what what is it at? What does it get you to right now, as it stands? Or am I asking to uh, to inside of a question? Do you have the numbers on you? Well, it depends how much you earn. And so, as I say, by the time you earn twenty thousand dollars, which isn't very much, and right. if you're a couple, it, the the threshold is slightly different. But the thresholds are incredibly low. So, if you talk mm-hmm. to experts in this area of social policy, they'll say increase the total amount that individuals would get. But also, it would be great if you increase the threshold because the thresholds are so low that people who are really struggling near the poverty line aren't receiving the benefit. And, and so those are two areas that I, that I hope we improve. I, I hope when we think about spending an extra dollar, we're looking at basic income benefits like this. As I say, it's a matter of listening to the liberal membership. And economic organizations around the world are, are calling for these ideas as well, right? So there are, I think there's strong support among the liberal membership, strong support across party lines, but also strong support from economists. We're heading up to the news. So if I'm lucky, I have maybe two minutes left with you, maybe even less. Um, But what I want to do is uh, maybe get you to give us the broad strokes on the other resolutions that were approved that will become official party policies. Right. So there are some ideas that are really emphasizing the need for the government to act on priorities we've set previously. For example, pharmacare. We know that we need to make drug and prescription drugs and medications more affordable for Canadians in need. Long-term care standards, so standards for long-term care. This is a part part of our promise from the throne speech, but the Liberal membership emphasized this needs to be a key priority. National standards? National standards. We have learned... We have learned a lesson in this pandemic that we, we left our seniors behind in a serious way. The, the death toll in our long-term care facilities is way higher in Canada 
than in other countries, and we need to address that going forward. And then there were a number of resolutions, two resolutions in the top 10, I should say, dealing, calling for the government to be more ambitious as it relates to climate action. And so I think those are the, these are issues that are already on our agenda, but the Liberal members are saying these really matter and you need to deliver. Nathaniel, thanks so much for breaking this down for us. I do appreciate your time and stay safe. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. Nathaniel Erskine-Smith is a Liberal MP, one of the champions of the ideas of a universal basic income with the Liberal Caucus. Just getting us up to speed with, um, you know, what resolutions passed and our priority now within the Liberal Party.